0: We might be too young to have a spotted cow, but we are both diehard Packers fans. I could talk about this for hours. He was my legend. He was my quarterback one. Taysom Hill, forever in my heart. He have a kind of a reputation of being the
1: young, the youngest diehard fans. How was that, Dr. Pepper Taysom? Amazing.
2: Thank you, guys. Let's keep it under 25 minutes, all right?
1: Welcome in, everybody, to the one hundred episode of the underage backers podcast, big B let's give ourselves a round of applause. It has been quite the run. And honestly, I mean, big B, do you remember those days when we were out here recording on this little app on our phones where you would disconnect every five minutes? And then I would have to wait for you. And then I'd have to edit out those minutes where you weren't in the call because you disconnected. And it was very, a frustrating process. You remember those days, Big B?
0: Oh man, those were those were the days. Those were those are some brutal, brutal days, definitely.
1: But we powered through and are now here on episode one hundred, just short of two years after that very first episode. So it's great to be here. And honestly, if you would have told me when we were on that little silly app that we were on, recording on our phone phones, if by episode one hundred. We have had guests like Rob Domoski, Wes Hodkowitz, Mike Spopper, Andy Herman, to get today's guest, Aaron Nagler on our show. All in our first 100 episodes, I, I would have felt pretty good yeah, about where we were heading. Uh,
0: um, and, and Aaron Rodgers saw your video. Like, of course.
1: Yeah, I didn't want to mention it again because we mentioned it in our talk with uh, <laughs> Nagler, but I try not to brag about it too much. Yeah. Um, so it's been a great run, and thank you to everybody who has made it uh possible, mainly so we didn't quit along the way. Like, uh, it's I'm not going to say we had a bunch of listeners early on in the days, but just the people who have supported us. So we have made it to episode 100, and uh, hopefully one day we make it to episode 1000. Who knows? The opportunities are limitless, but today. Our guest, our special guest for the special episode on the special day is Aaron Nagler, our friend at Cheesehead TV. With Aaron, we talked about the other Aaron, the Aaron Rodgers news, him coming back to the Green Bay Packers, Devontae Adams being franchised tag, and a few other players possibly getting the extensions. It was a fun, great chat with Aaron. So we'll throw it to our interview with him, and then we'll talk about a few topics afterwards. Let's head right into it. Welcome back into the 100th episode of the Underage Packers podcast. Now joining us is soon-to-be dog owner and co-founder at g tv Darren <laughs> Nagler. Aaron, thanks for joining us today.
2: A hundred episodes? When the hell yes. did that happen? I blink and you guys are at a hundred? Yeah. Amazing. It's, amazing.
1: It is, it is pretty incredible. Not only is it our 100th episode, uh, by the time draft week rolls around, we should be uh, right about at our two year anniversary, so
2: nuts. it's absolutely crazy. Nuts. That's so great. now uh, thanks for having me. Great mm-hmm. to be here, and great to be here on not only a momentous occasion like the 100th episode, but also some big, big Packers news to talk about. Thank you, of course. Yes, I mean,
1: we were just talking before, like, dude, I don't want to talk about possible extensions nope. or no nope. speculation or. News that we've known for three months, like Zadarius Smith released. So thank right. God uh, Aaron Rodgers gave us some news today. Friend of the show. He knew,
2: he knew you guys were recording your 100th episode. He, he thought, yep. you know, what better way to commemorate <laughs> it than to let them know I'm back. Exactly. That works. He, he wanted to give us a boost
1: in ratings, you know, longtime friend of the show, Aaron Rodgers, being <laughs> a nice guy again.
2: I mean, he is literally a longtime yep. friend. Like he legit has referenced one of your videos in a press conference. So uh, I mean, clearly friend of show. Yeah, I mean, I got that. That's
1: literally what I have in my Twitter bio right now. And even like, I think when I have business cards, I think that's what I need to put on like the headline thing right there. I mean, even percent. if I'm not in that field or I mean, if I'm a real estate agent, like put Aaron Rodgers <laughs> saw my video when I was 16.
2: And bam, <sighs> it's great. That's phenomenal. Point. And Big B can say, I got Aaron Nagler's autograph on a football. <laughs> yes. Perfect. Yeah. Of course. Done guys Most are riding Most prized my, possession. No, naturally, <laughs> obviously. As I told you that day, I think I ruined that football by putting my yes. pen to paper. But, you know, it's all You right. did say that. You did say that.
1: <laughs> all right. I, Big B, is that Aaron Nagler signed football in that collection of memorabilia behind you?
0: Oh, uh, let's see. It might be. Yes, it is. I don't know which one, though, but it's, it's there. It's one of them. Yes.
1: All right. Uh, Big B, I want to ask you, let's start it off, though. What are your initial thoughts on uh, the Aaron Rodgers uh, news? Uh, Aaron has been very, or the Nagler kind, has been uh, very vocal <laughs> on his uh, thoughts on the Aaron Rodgers situation all offseason, uh, but let's hear some of your thoughts.
0: Well, I'm finally glad everything is over because I could not stand, I don't think, <laughs> another week of all this nonsense <laughs> on Twitter and et cetera. But... You
2: guys wanted to survive
0: Farve watch. That's <laughs> all I can say. Holy uh, cow. This is nothing. It, it just sounds brutal just listening to the stories um, but yeah I'm glad it's over with the contract very mysterious don't know what that's going to be yet but four years looks like um, potentially a good move I don't know we'll have yep. to see the coming well, season
1: short yeah short term uh, it immediately looks like a good move but I, I mean as I was saying to our, our group chat last night with some, a few other people, I was saying for right now, at least for tomorrow, I don't care about the future of the football team uh, as of right now. Like tomorrow, I want some exciting news. You know, Aaron's <laughs> saying, eh, nah, expected. Right. You know, that was right around the wall. Trading or retiring, that's ex- some exciting content right there. Yeah. Um, Aaron, what, what are you thinking uh, today on this Aaron news coming
2: I mean it's it make it all makes sense in the in the framework of the current regime wants to win a championship and they want to win it now and that is clearly what this move is about as you're talking about there I it just it's not about okay in 5 years where are we going to be like 5 years doesn't exist at this point like yeah. they've made it very clear that they're going to do whatever they need to do to keep Aaron around they have done so The the contract thing is interesting I mean I know It is funny that Aaron has pushed back to the point where he tweeted out, like, I haven't signed anything, like, those numbers are all wrong. I do think that's him trying to give his boy Pat a little shine because we all saw Pat put it out there, and then legit was it five minutes later, Ian had the contract out there. And then Pat pushed back on that. The problem is is I've seen some other people report it who have separately from Ian seen some or are privy to the details of the contract so it sounds like that the framework is at least in place and Aaron was pushing back on the idea that it's been signed well I didn't see signed I did see a lot of reports that the terms have been agreed to so I do think the Packers have locked themselves in here for the next three years where they have to win a championship that is it And there's no more oh well we're building for where we're going to keep this franchise competitive for years to come etc that's all out the window now they have started the clock If they do, and by they, I mean Mark Murphy, Ryan Gudikunst, Matt LaFleur, and Russ Ball. Those are the big four, right? They have made the decision that we are going to ride and die with this decision that we are going to do whatever it's necessary to keep Aaron Rodgers, which makes sense. I get it. You want to win a championship. But if you don't, and you arrive at that moment three years from now where you have not hoisted a Lombardi trophy, it is a failure. It is a big failure on the part of the Green Bay Packers.
1: Absolutely. And that was my first initial thoughts uh, right after the playoff game, really. Uh, and once we started to get some news and kind of some inklings that Rodgers would probably be returning to the Packers, I was thinking, you know, if we're going to be paying what it looks like a, a pretty big contract, Aaron, uh, that's really an understatement, um, you know, <laughs> right. and bring back Devontae Mortgage, our future, they better win that Super Bowl.
2: They have to. And, said- I, I, and it's hard to sit here if you're looking at it dispassionately, which is impossible as a Packers fan. I get that. Sure. But if you are looking at it 30,000 feet just as, like, an exercise, you're pinning the idea of winning another championship by being led by a 38, soon-to-be 39-year-old quarterback and an approaching 30-year-old wide receiver. Those are going to be your two probably biggest cap hits. Those are the leaders of your football team, and that is where you want to go in the next three years with those guys hitting forty and thirty plus, uh, respectively. That's a that's one way to go, yep. and you have, as you say, that's you're mortgaging the future to do so. So I I, I understand it again from their viewpoint, especially wanting to get that Lombardi Trophy, Goudakos and Lafleur especially because you know Murphy was around for Favre. They, the the organization has gone from one great quarterback to another. Plenty of people in that building that won that were there when Aaron won his first one. But you know, that's not Goody's guy, you know, that's not LaFleur's guy, that's Ted's guy, and they are building around him. And like I said, it makes sense, but you have got to win that Lombardi trophy, or it's all for naught
1: for sure. And like you mentioned about the contract, and uh, Aaron De- and Devontae's ages, it will be really interesting once we get uh, the details of this contract um, released because um, obviously the 2023 and 2024 cap numbers are going to see a massive increase with NFL getting some new broadcast money in there. So while the Packers will want to have both those contracts back loaded um, just so they can afford them, you're in that situation where you could possibly be trapping yourself into – uh, where the Steelers were with Ben Roethlisberger. 100%, couldn't yes. get themselves out of the contract, paying a lot of money, and he was just not a good player
2: at all. But here's the thing, though. I mean, with Aaron, at least you see the, his level of play has not dipped. If anything, he's gotten better in the last couple of years. Yep. The physical traits haven't taken a hit. Like, yes, he's a bit less athletic as far as escaping the pocket, getting outside. He does get run down by the more athletic Ends and stuff like that in a way he didn't in his prime, right? But that's to be expected. But he's at least a hell of a lot more athletic and still has zip on the ball in a way Roethlisberger didn't there those last couple years, right? Even Drew Brees was hard to watch the the last Mm -hmm. few years down there in New Orleans. Aaron still got a cannon. He's still an athlete. He can still get you out of trouble with his legs. You know what I mean? So I get it from that standpoint. There's zero evidence of a, a physical decline. Now that can happen quickly. Yep. that could happen it, you know the turn could happen over the c- course of a few months even during the season especially with the cold and maybe Aaron not handling it as well as he used to in his youth but that's why more than anything I think I know there's been a lot of speculation about Jordan Love and what his future could be I think that's a good reason to keep Jordan Love around you never really know what's going to happen and I understand maybe a team calls and offers you something and sure you listen but I think there's a lot of value in a kid who's been in your system for a couple of years and could potentially like pick up and keep you going as far as running your system and not having to change a whole lot if Aaron were to get hurt. Definitely. And Big B had a great tweet
1: on uh, Jordan Love earlier this morning, but I was told by Big B pre-show that he stole that. Oh, no. another group hey. chat that he's in so I was told not to release this information but told <laughs> me to sign to NDA so well, I, I don't mean to expose you but I'll, I'll leave the floor open to you uh to elaborate on your tweet
0: yeah well the Jordan Love pick has to be looked at from the viewpoint of then and not now and like like I said and like, like somebody else said it, Not even Aaron Rodgers' biggest supporters could have seen this massive jump to -to back-to-back MVP play from Aaron Rodgers.
2: Yeah, that's a great, great point. In the sense of, like, people calling it a wasted pick or whatever, it got you two years of MVP-level play from your quarterback. If nothing else, it was worth it for that.
1: Yeah. Point blank. And, you know, Big B, you hit hit on that even Rodgers' biggest supporters – I would disagree with that because I saw there was some angry people in your replies. There was oh, people yeah. <laughs> accusing you of gaslighting uh, because they knew that Aaron had a, a whole other two years of. Oh yeah. 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 Of
2: course. A lot, right. a lot of
0: people knew a lot of people knew apparently a lot of sure. people yeah. were
2: certain. Yes. Totally sure. <laughs> After you led the league in throwaways. Yeah. That's that was always apparent. Yeah. You know. That was
1: obviously the main narrative back then. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, and back to Jordan Love though. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, for him personally, he's obviously gotta hate this. Um, I know Aaron has talked about and Matt too throughout the season how he's handled it, uh, the whole situation very well, and he's not uh too angry with the fact that he was a quarterback to be and not in a situation where he would be starting right away, but now he's in a situation where he doesn't even know if he's going to be the successor and he really doesn't know what his future looks like at all. So Aaron from Jordan loves standpoint point of view. I mean, what do you think he's thinking right now? And what do you think if anything happens with him over the course of the next year?
2: That's a really good question in the sense of like, how pissed would he be? Right. I mean, I get the fact that he's in a great situation. If you're just looking at it, in the sense of you're being developed, you're playing behind a Hall of Famer. Yes, they've signed into an extension, but you, again, we don't know the terms and who knows how long Aaron sticks around. He was supposedly seriously contemplating retirement. Well, couldn't he seriously contemplate retirement again next year? So, or every summer during the length of this deal? So, to me, if you're Jordan, yeah, it, it sucks, but it probably does afford you a little bit more time to continue, continue to develop the same way Aaron Rodgers did. You know, Aaron sat on that bench for three years and Jordan is heading into year three. Now the competitor in him maybe, and this I think would come down to him and how strongly he feels about it and whatever talk he has with his agents. Um, which funnily enough, you know, same represented by the same group as Aaron Rodgers Mm -hmm. and AJ Dillon. Um, if he were to get upset enough to talk to his agents and say, look, I want out, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they said, okay, we, w- you know, we have a really unhappy client. We wants to go someplace where he can at least compete for a mm-hmm. starting job. I tell you what, given the landscape of the NFL at the moment and the quarterbacks that are remaining on offer, what have you, I mean, probably the best of the best is Jimmy Garoppolo and he's coming <laughs> off shoulder surgery, And he's even not that good to begin with. So I, I, if I'm Jordan, I look around and you look at that. And then you look at the fact that in this draft class, there Mm -hmm. aren't a ton of surefire prospects. It's not a class that wows you. There's a decent chance that a team would be willing to maybe give up a second round pick to acquire Jordan love. And if not give him the job outright, at least let him come in to compete for it. I tell you what I it's, it wouldn't surprise me if he went to the Packers and said, I want out. I want to get a chance to compete for a job. I mean, he's been sitting for two years in the modern NFL. That's a long, long time. I mean, even when Aaron sat for three years, it was unusual, but now it's, it's unheard of. Um, So yeah, I think it depends. It would come down to his nature and where he feels, how upset he is that he's not playing right now. And I, I just guesswork from my part, I would guess that he's fine sitting for one more year, but that's about it.
1: Okay. Yeah. I mean, if it is a, a four year deal for Aaron, and there's four years, a lot of stuff can happen
2: in that time, but the likely likelihood... stuff can happen in four months. That's the yeah. other thing. Like so many people are like, you gotta strike now, you know, Jordan will never be worth more. And it's like, you know how different the league looks from year to year, let alone in three years? I mean, Aaron Rodgers could twist an ankle at OTAs and never be the same. You know what I mean? Like yeah. You just never know in the NFL. So, yeah, I mean, I understand the desire to get something for the asset because you did draft him in the first round, et cetera. But man, I don't, you don't just trade him to trade him. No, you know? they definitely shouldn't be eager to, no. um, I mean, They'll listen to the offers, but don't, you know, yeah. don't be giving them away in any way, <laughs> shape or form. Yeah. I mean, At this point in time,
1: at least for this offseason, unless he's very adamant, like you mentioned that scenario, um, there's absolutely no reason to. And I think he just has to be patient over this next year. Um, you, You never know if, you know, Aaron goes out for a game Aaron misses the whole season, God forbid. You know, whatever happens, you get a game in there like Aaron had against Dallas in 07, you know, raise your trade value or whatever you're looking for. Uh, and you're in a much better situation. So for Jordan, I'm sure uh, today is a day that uh, isn't putting him in the best of moods, but uh, he's he's got a future to look at it too. I mean, hey, if nothing it's else, it's a
2: motivational day, you know, something yep. that you can circle on, on your calendar and in your diary and say, look, okay, now I've just got to work twice as hard. For sure. And like
1: you mentioned, the landscape of the draft, one funny uh, comment that I wanted to make, it was a little bit funny, uh, the timing of all the teams congregating in Indianapolis, meeting with the quarterbacks, coming familiar right. with them, and then right in the middle of that process, Mitch Trubisky is suddenly becoming a, a pretty big na- name in the. It's pre-agent. amazing how that
2: yeah. happens, right? I mean, his agent is working overtime. Whoever he is, he's not getting paid enough because all of a sudden, Trubisky was everywhere on Twitter and online yep. as a viable starter in twenty twenty two. What world are we living in? Where Mitch? Trubisky is the the apple of the NFL's eye. I mean, whoever his marketing team is, whoever his agent is, putting that, getting that in the bloodstream and the ecosphere of the NFL Twitter sphere. I mean, kudos, man. Yeah. God, I mean, God love him. I mean, that's hilarious.
1: Yes, <laughs> I I'm looking forward to it. The one thing though, I mean, if uh Mitch goes out there, goes to another team, and is, I mean, above average, what, what that says as uh, about the bears as an organization at the very least, it's uh great. Uh, yeah, it, for us as
2: it is, it is. I mean, it doesn't look it, the bears are who the bears are when it comes to the quarterback position, right? Like they can very easily turn around and talk junk about the Packers and linebackers, right. In comparison <laughs> to the bears. However, of course. we all know quarterback is a much more important position and drives uh victory way more than a linebacker does. So the importance there obviously is on the Packers side, but you know, no, no, performance by Mitch Trubisky is going to add or subtract to the woefulness that is the Chicago bears organization. (laughs) You know, like that has been, that, that die has been cast. We all know it. It is an eternal truth that will forever be uh, in our consciousness in a way that, you know, nothing that Mitch Trubisky does for the rest of his career will ever change that. Definitely. You know, when, um,
1: Speaking of Bears fans, it's obviously great to hold their quarterback failures over their head. And I think back <laughs> to a conversation I had with Bears fans at a tailgate uh at Lambeau Field before the December game this past year, filming yes. out content for T's head TV Tyler. Good stuff. We thank it, it, you for that. Thank you for uh I mean Tyler giving me the opportunity. Um, and I mean that was so much fun, but the conversation I had with Bears fans, there was this particularly uh, one very drunk fan, uh, woman who said- Wait,
2: there's just one? I know, I was going to say, well, that's kind so, of a, it's a blanket statement, I think.
1: Yeah, the, the one girl was having a little bit of trouble. Well, I, I mean, she was just, you could tell very much. She was
2: hilarious, I remember yes. her. Yeah, We're going to bite his
1: kneecap out off or whatever, we're going to hurt his kneecap. And I really wish I would have oh. turned to her and said, well, you know, you tried to do that a few years ago and that didn't even work out for you. Like
2: nope. nope that would have been an epic nope. you comeback. tried to knock him out and he came back and he torched you yeah that's what he does so
1: i, I mean <laughs> th- i'm sure they enjoyed that at, uh you know quarter where they got to torture deshaun kaiser yep it feel yep. like us for a little bit
2: remember then. they had just traded for khalil Mack, and mac had that forced oh. fumble and a touchdown and everyone and bears twitter was just all up in our face yep and then it all melted down in the course of an hour and
1: a half shoot Yeah, I mean that was uh, the hype around the Bears that season and before the season was unbelievable. And
2: oh, they were unstoppable. They were juggernauts. They were going to take over the North. All still still getting still getting uh, some residual tweets from that that time period. You know, between that and ha ha Uh, Clinton Dix being clearly better than Adrian Amos. I mean, you know, let them have their fun.
1: Now um, back to some Packers news. The other news of yesterday was Devontae Adams being a franchise tag um, big B what are your thoughts on the Packers retaining their star wide receiver for at least one year
0: well um, I think it's a good move um, definitely very unproven in the NFL don't know if he's gonna be a good part in this offense but we also um, <laughs> I haven't seen much from the kid yeah haven't seen much but glad this, this got done very great move for the Packers and very curious to see when they will get a deal done or if they get a deal done at all um, in the upcoming months.
1: Yeah. Uh, the Packers have been very, um, uh, they've avoided using the franchise tag over the past few years. Last time they used it was a 10 or 11 2010, 2010 with 2010. Ryan Pickett, Pickett
2: grease. Yeah.
1: Uh, so Aaron, can you tell us uh, if you have any more intel to it, or just your reading of the situation on why the Packers are so, uh, I guess, reluctant to use the franchise tag?
2: Well, it's, a, it's a, it is a powerful tool, right? And as we know, when it was created, it was about supposedly, you know, allowing teams to keep their best players, and it was supposed to be honorific, like you are clearly one of the best five at your position in the league, et cetera. But as the years have gone on, it's become very clear. It's just another tool for teams to, you know, basically control the players. And every time there's a CBA negotiation, some people start making noise about it. The problem is, is that, you know, the the amount of players that actually get the tag, like this year so far, I think we've got five, maybe six. I don't know. I haven't looked at uh, the last like hour, hour or so, but, you know, out of the, close to 2000 players in the NFL, it affects such a small part of the, of the, you know, the, the union, so to speak, that it's never been something that's ever been championed when it comes to contract negotiations with the NFL, as far as this, the collective bargaining agreement. So the NFL has been able to, you know, kind of hold that over players. The Packers, I think have done a really good job of not utilizing it because they don't want to create acrimony. They do. They want Mm -hmm. the players to know that they have, you know, obviously they're working from a position where they want to get the best team on the field and they want the best players to stay in Green Bay, but they also want to reward their best players and they don't want to create, you know, any bad blood, a bad situation. We saw that with Aaron Jones last year where it came right down to the wire and a lot of people, I think, were expecting Aaron Jones to get the franchise tag. The Packers didn't, and everyone freaked out and assumed he was gone. And then they legit got that deal done hours before you know, the new league year started with Devante. The only difference here comparison to most of the people they've declined to put the franchise tag on is he is clearly on his way to Canton. If he keeps up what he's doing, of course, you know, and I'm not talking about just, you know, so many people, not so many, but a few people will push back with, well, he's got Aaron Rodgers throwing him the football. I will always counter that with go watch, (laughs) yes, go watch with, you know, how he was with Brett Hundley at, at quarterback. You know, the man produces no matter who is in there. It does not matter who the quarterback is. His numbers are Hall of Fame numbers. If he continues on the track he's on, he is Canton bound. The Packers traditionally only give third contracts to guys who are Hall of Fame caliber players. David Bakhtiari being obviously the most recent example. I think Devontae Adams will be the next one. The fact that they don't want that there's no way they're going to let him hit the market they needed to make sure that he was in the fold for the foreseeable future you know considering 2022 the franchise tag was not inevitable but it always felt like it was going to happen I also think they've got a lot of balls in the air they're juggling a lot of stuff when it comes to how they're going to construct this roster they did need to wait on Aaron Rodgers and his decision now that that decision is made that is one big humongous domino down Now they can start to look at the rest of the roster and how they want to put it together. The franchise tag, essentially more than anything, just buys them about a week, right? To look at all these different scenarios and contracts, talk to other people like Devondre Campbell, maybe MVS, all other guys that they want to get under contract prior to the start of the new league year. The franchise tag allows them because look, yes, the 20 million does hit their cap immediately. But none of that matters until the start of the new league year on the 16th. That is when they have to be cap compliant. Until then, they can be $100 million over the cap, and it doesn't matter. So I think they've bought themselves a week of negotiating time with other players on their roster. When push comes to shove, I'm going to be very interested to see if they do get a deal done before the start of the new league year, because I know the hang-up here is guarantees past the first year. Everyone wants to talk about Devonte wanting to be the highest-paid player, which he does want. And he deserves it. But you can massage that a lot of different ways as far as sure. what does that mean, right? But what they truly want, and this is from Tom Silverstein's reporting from a couple months ago. They want guarantees past that first season. That is something the Packers rarely, if ever, do. That is just not something they do when it comes to handing out guarantees. They like to pay as they go. This is kind of the old adage. It's something they've done basically since Andrew Brandt was there you know, all those years ago, started it with Mike McCarthy, as far as how they construct the salary cap. They want to pay as they go. Devonte Adams wants probably two, probably three years of guaranteed money salary wise. We saw this exact same scenario in Pittsburgh with TJ Watt and the Steelers. The Steelers eventually caved at the end of training camp. I'm, I'm think it's fascinating to see if, if the Packers follow suit and and give Devonte that guaranteed money, I tend to think they will because yeah. in the, you know, two, three years ago, I would have said there's no freaking way that happens. This is not how they work. But if they've shown anything over the course of the last, say, you know, 48 months is that every rule you ever had about how the Packers relate to the salary cap is yep. out the window and is completely gone. It is in ashes. So I don't see how this is any different. I think they will eventually give Devonte what he wants.
1: Yeah. Uh, first thing first, he said, uh, earlier on in that answer about uh, Mark Murphy saying that they only give third contracts to a hall of fame type players. Um, they can claim that, but yet they didn't give Jamal Williams even a second contract. So <laughs> I was going to go the goat. <laughs> the goat. <laughs>
2: it's, that's where it falls through Mark. We, we it does. Right it does you. fall apart there or Corey yeah. Lindsley. If we're talking to Corey Banky, you know, every no. fan's got their nit to pick. I oh. hear you. I hear you. But, I, uh, while, while those are definitely both worthwhile contenders and candidates, I don't think anyone would uh, disagree that Devonte Adams is bound for Canton. While those other two, there may be some pushback and arguments possibly for either one, but like for Devante, I don't think, I think the world would be in agreement with that.
1: One. Yeah. And uh, hopefully they work out that long-term deal. Uh, that's some interesting information about uh, the guarantees and uh, you know, That's not for us to worry about rust ball. That's why you're getting my money,
2: man. Do it. Let's go. I
1: I just learned of this Ted Thompson quote uh, a little bit ago of him saying to a room of reporters uh, that they worry much more about the salary cap than they do at 1265
2: or in any NFL. One of the best quotes of Ted's tenure. And he had a lot of them, but yes, (laughs) a thousand percent. You guys worry about that more than we do.
1: Yeah. I'm sure like, Russ ball has just got this Excel spreadsheet somewhere on his computer and he's got the whole, there's <laughs> like, a few of
2: them. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. He's got like scenario one scenario two, all these different variables. And right, man, I, I would love for, um, Russ ball to write a book similar to Ron Wolf's Packer way,
2: the Packer way. Oh, yeah. Like one of my prized possessions. Absolutely. Russ,
1: Russ ball could put together a masterpiece. I think, I mean, on that, uh, let's see. Let's, What other contract talks we got going on? Uh, You reported Aaron last week uh, that Jair Alexander and his reps were currently in talks uh, with Packers. Any uh, way you can expand on that or give us any thoughts you have on possible Yeah,
2: I it's clear that they value Jair and they want to get him locked in for the next three, four years. Um, But as I was told by the source, you know, everything is being held up by Aaron Clearly that dam is broken today. The next thing will be Devante and Devandre and then probably Jair. Um, But they most likely will get something done. From what I gather, I would suspect this gets done before the new league year just to bring his cap hit down, uh, give them some cap relief in that regard. I wouldn't be surprised either. I would, If I'm a Packers fan, I'm telling you right now, do not be – surprised if he is not only the highest paid corner in the league but by a a pretty significant margin i think they're going to get ready to give him a blockbuster deal that in the moment when you see it it will probably feel like oh my gosh do not have sticker shock because in two years it's going to look like a a bargain i i guarantee it the way corners in particular they're they're their numbers have gone up astronomically say in the last five years, as far as how they are paid, especially in relation to the other positions. I think he's going to get a boatload of money and the Packers are going to lock him in for at least three or four years.
1: I sure hope so. Uh, obviously they picked up the fifth year option on him. Uh, so hopefully can make that. Uh, I mean, he's one of the um, many that they have coming up. Elton Jenkins, Rashawn Gary as well, young players, that they're want to going to want to keep on the good problems to
2: have, man. Yep. I'm in.
1: I'll take it. Too many good players. I'm all in for that. I'm I'm fine by me. Yep. Uh, Big B. I want to ask you about some other potential contract uh receivers coming up here, and uh, the first one is Preston Smith. Um, we've heard. I mean, first off, it's pretty incredible how Preston Smith has kind of turned his future around. I guess you could say because. Last year, the whole idea was, oh, they're going to release them. Everybody was telling you that. Um, and then they ended up just restructuring it and making it for the 2021 season a very much incentive-based contract. Uh, and he, he earned a lot of that money back by getting sacks. So, Bigby, what do you think Preston Smith's possible contract extension looks like and uh, that Packers offensive linebacker group?
0: Yeah, well, um of course I don't know cuz I'm not Russ Ball and I have no <laughs> idea of You're but not? No, surprisingly not. I am not Russ Ball. But oh. um I guess you could see probably maybe a two-year extension. I don't know. I really don't know what they're thinking about. He's probably on pace to have another down year cuz it seems like every other year he has a down he year. He's an every other year guy, isn't he? So, Definitely. Who knows? Maybe it's a two-year deal, so then the last year on his deal, we get a up year, and then yeah. he'll go in the free agency and have another down year with another team.
1: Yeah, I think Brian and the Packers just need to go to Preston and say, we don't want you this year. You need to go somewhere
2: else. <laughs> just come a back year to off. us.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll pay you to go away.
2: We'll pay you Not to a... go away for a year and then come back. Exactly. Get that. Just, get that. just put some bets on
0: the Packers, and it'll take care Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs>
2: Wow. <laughs> Big B with the, the gambling slam. Nicely done. <laughs> Shots Nicely at Calvin done. Ridley. I know. Serious yeah. catching strays over here. Wow. Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, that Preston Smith deal, I'm looking forward to it, uh, and I would like love for him to be back. Um, and then another player, Adrian Amos, Amos, another player, part of that 2019 master uh, free agency class. He's done really well. Still looking like he has a few years left in him. He's still, I mean, pretty young. So hopefully they get that deal with Adrian done there. And I think that's really all we have um, after a momentous, very Huge excited day. day. Big day. Yes. 100th episode of Underage Packers. Aaron Rodgers announcing his extension. Thank you, Aaron, uh, for giving us that uh, conversation topic. And uh, thank you, Aaron, for
2: joining us here today. Absolutely. Thanks a lot for having me, guys. Here's to the next hundred. Of course. Cheers to the Dr. Pepper. Salud.
1: All right. That was a great chat with Aaron. Uh, I felt like I was learning something. He had some great answers there. So uh, great to talk to him on a very eventful day in uh, the Packers news cycle. And uh, it's been a while since episode 99. So there's been a few topics that we've missed along the way. So we want to talk about a few of those, uh, starting with the Green Bay Packers finally making their trip over to London. And I know there is a lot of, you know, not criticism, but Uggs and sighs and mean people about this, mad about the, the Packers or Finally having to go to London. They are the only team in the NFL at this point to have not put in an international game besides the preseason game in Canada. That was a complete failure. Um, but mostly I am happy for uh, our friends to Rock Harrier, uh, Mark Goldakers, Robert Lawrence, and all of the rest of the Packers fans out there in Europe who finally get to see their team play Uh, in a a place close to them. So congratulations to them. Now, Mark Murphy had a press conference after this London game was announced. And in that press conference, he also said the Packers are still, or Green Bay, is still in the top three cities to possibly host the NFL draft in the 2024 season. That is some big news. Get hyped, people. Uh, Man, I am looking forward to that, Big B. I mean, you've traveled to Green Bay more than I have. Can you just, like, put us through what you think a Green Bay draft would look like?
0: Oh, my God. It would be amazing. This would be so much fun. Um, the Bars would be getting so much money. It's yes. pretty much like a Packers home playoff game, probably, like, times 10. It would be fantastic. Probably. Yeah, they could set up stuff in the rush center. They got Town now. It just seems like a perfect spot for the NFL draft because they're never going to get a Super Bowl at Lambeau because it's yep. too cold and it's outside. The draft just seems like a perfect event for Green Bay. I know. And I just hope and pray we get it in 2024, or three, whatever yeah. it was.
1: Yeah, 2024, like you said, man, that whole city, like just from the block of... All right, let's say Stadium View, right south of the training facility, the practice facility, all the way to little north of the stadium. People build in that entire area. I mean, it would be like a Packers playoff game with probably even more people uh, coming in from out of town just because Mm -hmm. of it's. Not negative ten degrees. The screen is—it's finally starting to kick in in Green Bay. Hopefully, have some nice weather down there. And uh, also, uh, they've built up the city so much in the past few years with Town and the Rush Center, which my tour guide on the Green Bay Heritage Trail told me that the Rush Center and the new developments they've got going on there would be a big part in Green Bay, possibly hosting the draft in a few years from now. So. Absolutely looking forward to that uh, and really hoping it beats out the other two candidate cities, which are Detroit and Washington. Boo. Boring. Dangerous. Unsafe. We want Green Bay, folks. Speaking of the NFL draft, the NFL Combine happened this first week of March, and I was lucky to attend Wednesday and then Thursday seeing the workout drills. Another great experience. I went uh, back in 2020 as well, and it was awesome, um, and that was like eleven days before everything got shut down, so you know it's pretty much the only NFL event that ever happens on my birthday, so it's great to go out there. have a great birthday trip. I thank you to everybody who wished me a happy birthday on twitter and uh, the combine overall was awesome uh It really just feels like because especially during the week, there is very few fans walking around the city of indianapolis because they have jobs and the people don't that don't have jobs are in the autograph section right in the hall where the players and coaches walk in that's the people that don't have jobs because they got yeah. suitcases full of many helmets for these players to sign coaches to sign and then they go and sell them on ebay they don't have jobs and they probably don't have wives um so yeah. Uh, and, and
0: they live in their mother's basement and probably smell like uh three-day-old casserole that got stuffed in a backpack.
1: <laughs> oh, that's a very yeah. specific sound, but I, or a, a specific smell, but I know what you're talking about. Yes. That is true.
0: Just uh, pretty much old food in a backpack. Yeah. Uh, from a hot summer day, you know?
1: Yeah, like five-week-old Mountain Dew left out in a room you know that's very warm like they left it on their pc you know that type of mm-hmm. stuff i mm-hmm. shouldn't be too rough on the autograph hunters they were very nice to this little kid um and let him get a lot of autographs too but you know and i was hitting out with him but i wasn't asking for autographs i was just in that section by the trash can i didn't want to be associated with him my most my uh biggest success of the day was getting a picture with luke getsy i am sure I am the only person who has come up to him very excitedly and asked for a picture, but I was very excited for that. I also saw former Packers offensive coordinator and um, uh, interim head coach, Joe Philbin, Philbin, and I told him go pack. And his response was just, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, just tell us what you really think about the Packers. But overall a great trip to indianapolis and i really hope it does stay in indy for my sake really because it's mm-hmm. only about a four-hour drive uh to go there and attend and uh for the nfl's sake because it seems like a lot of the reporters a lot of the coaches like it so hopefully jerry jones and or uh stan Kroenke don't get their filthy hands on it and move it to la or dallas that's NFL combine uh, one last thing I wanted to hit on before we wrap up this great episode of underage Packers is how happy I am that Devontae and Aaron are staying in Green Bay. Not, well, obviously because they're staying in Green Bay for the obvious reasons, but also because of how Raiders and Broncos fans have uh, so desperately uh, wished, idealized their future with Devonte and Aaron respectively. So I'm just glad that their dreams got shut, slammed shut. I don't have anything against them, but I was just getting annoyed with all those jersey swaps, to be honest.
0: Fair, fair.
1: Yeah. Fair. And I guess I'm kind of possessive of them to a certain point. Like, no, these are the players I've been watching for the past 12 or six years. You know, like these are my guys. I've been through many playoff losses with him. You don't get to go through six and ten seasons with them. Yes. So there's that. And that will wrap up the one hundredth episode of Underage Packers. Big B, I'll ask you for probably the hundredth time. Any final thoughts you want to add?
0: Um, if the Packers do end up trading um Jordan Love, I really recommend them. Calling Detroit right, and asking for- oh, Williams. Paul well, Williams or Jordan Love, give it to me, please.
1: You have a unique ability, a unique talent to somehow relate the topic of our episode, and it somehow ends up into how can we make this into trading for Jamal Williams? That was a job well done for you, Big B. Thank you. <laughs> That's all we have for you today. Hopefully, you enjoy it and tune in to uh, the next 100 episodes of the Underage Packers podcast. Make sure to follow us on all the social medias. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, TikTok even. So make sure you follow us on there. And we'll talk to you later. Go Pack Go.